0: As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning.
1: I'm Howard Brown, the pastor here at Christ Central Church. And um, yeah, my wife, Kelly, who leads our worship, is not feeling well today, so she's home. And um, I thank you, Praise Team, for coming in and handling it without your leadership, without her leadership. um, I know how you can jump in and have one person missing who kind of pulls it all together can be very difficult. So... um, We thank you for hanging in there and leading us in worship. God is glorified. Amen? So we continue our sermon series, God's Reasons Why, where we are looking at interactions Jesus had with people who suffer and deal with some of the same stuff we do. Stuff, the reasons why God sent him. Stuff he came to live, die, and resurrect for. This week, we look at the story of a demon-possessed man. The Bible tells us that Jesus goes to the Gerasene, which the Bible says was on what in verse 1, if you look at your passage? It was on the other side of the sea, as in on the other side of the railroad tracks, as in good and godly folk don't go over there, complete with tombs and pig farming and Apparently, magicians and a demon possess incredible Hulk, naked dude, running all over the place. Basically, Jesus went to Gotham City, y'all. He went to Hawkins and Stranger Things. He went to the sanctuary or Terminus in Walking Dead. He went to Smallville or Stepford, somewhere, to a place and town where things ain't right. And it immediately shows us that Jesus has come to cross over and come into the darkest and most dangerous places we could find ourselves in to deliver and rescue us. And in this freeing, this demon-possessed man, we see why Jesus came for three reasons I want us to look at today. First, he came because there are enemies more powerful than we are. Secondly, because Jesus is more powerful than our greatest enemies. And finally, because he comes to free us to be human. There are enemies more powerful than we. He is more powerful than our greatest enemies. And finally, he frees us to be human. Look with me at verses 1 through 5 again in this passage. It says, they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes, And when Jesus has stepped out the boat, immediately there met met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he'd often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Jesus doesn't encounter just any ordinary man here, but a man filled with demonic spirits. He is confronting the demonic spirits that live inside of this man. And these spirits have completely, and I'm figuring over time, more and more taken control of this man and these, more and more control of this man and this man's life. And his super strength means that it has overthrown his body it is stronger it is more powerful than he is and it forces him to do things that he not only couldn't do normally but wouldn't do like inflict pain on himself and live naked and run into the desert and somehow stay alive through it all the power and life force of the demons is more powerful than this man's human ability to resist it rest or run from it What you see here may be a new thought or truth for some of us and for others easily overlooked or relegated as something that is only true in the Bible stories or what we describe here as the holy comic book or superhero Jesus series, right? But what the Bible is teaching throughout from the beginning to its end in the scripture is that there exists unseen to us in our normal human vision, a spirit world. A spirit world behind and coexisting and impacting and crashing and in this case, flexing and bending and possessing in this one. The Apostle Paul, when he begins to lay down some of the realities of what it means to be and live as a church, says that we believers as humans in this world, guess what? We don't wrestle against, uh, we don't wrestle. That means that our greatest battles or struggles in this world are not the ones against the physical world of people and human structures, but firstly and terribly against spiritual wickedness in places higher than our pay grade. Spiritual forces that that are positioned with evil spiritual might and power that can inflict us in ways that we cannot deflect or defend by ourselves, that human beings are not at the top of the food chain. Demons and devils fill, infiltrate, and influence this world's evilness. That like this man, where we find out later when it gives the name of Legion, there are thousands... Apparently, hordes of them, enough when thousands can fill one man. And that is just in the terminology, one military company of them among many. Now, I'm like most of you. I went through my little season of demonology classes and all that. Maybe y'all didn't do that. I was wow. But, you know, I've gotten older and smarter, right? I'm like most of you. I don't go around acting like I'm living in a world filled with demons and devils and evil spirits unless Halloween reminds me, right? That, that There is a dark world behind this one. That, that, that There are truly stranger things going on than what we can see with our eyes, especially even in the good old United States, right? I mean, I hear about things. Breaking out in other countries, missionaries come, right? Like, like, like the recent conversation I have with my pastor friend, Reverend Josh Kim, who who just got back from mission trip to India, who told me how at a prayer meeting a woman started praying out loud, and they thought, okay, she's just joining in, and then she started shouting obscenities about Jesus, and her eyes rolled back in her head, and her body shook like something else was controlling her, and it was. And the group he was with said, okay, this woman is demon possessed. And they begin to pray and cast the demon out as a normative part of their prayer meeting. Some of you can just talk to Assistant Pastor Tom Henry and some of his travels to, to, to China and some of the things he's experienced there. And I did have the thought recently, just because I read the Bible sometimes, Could it be that something like the Las Vegas shooter, right? I'm just, just, it could be a possibility, y'all, right? Whom the investigators still can't figure out why he did what he did, why? I thought to myself and shared with some of you could he be a man who was tormented and driven by demonic powers that overpowered his normality and good sense to open fire on people? It has to be a possibility. It is a possibility because there are forces we must accept according to what scripture teaches us that are stronger than us humans that can come and live within us in our minds and our wills and our bodies. And for the power of demons and devils, God sent Jesus. Because like this man, they are stronger in their influence than we can resist or defend. Because not only do we see the demonic spirits can powerfully influence and dominate us, but they flourish under and through another enemy more powerful than we are the institutions and systems of this world manipulated by them look with me again at verses one through five it says they came to the other side of the sea to the country of the garrisons and when jesus stepped up the boat immediately there met him a man of the tombs out of the tomb sorry a man with an unclean spirit and it says this he lived among the tombs now well, hear me now hear the scripture not me but I can't help but see it. I wonder if you do too. Just the incompetence, right? And failure of this community and communities, institutions around this man is a red flag to what happens in our world in the shadow and power, in shadow and power of spiritual darkness. Our systems, our institutions can easily become pawns and patsies to the devil's schemes. I mean, their incompetent answer for demon power actually plays right into the demonic scheme. They are used to treat, I mean, to to treat and further torment this man like an animal, to isolate and then bind him with chains and let him live among tombs where they believe evil spirits hung out and let him go without clothing. And he was given over to the demonic possession that much more from the community seeking not to heal him, right? But actually to restrain what they had no spiritual match or answer for. The community is enslaved and used ironically by this evil presence in this man and in their community to restrain him from hurting the community. And the way I'm reading the Bible as I look at these passages in the different accounts is that the more they try to help in what they have no power over, the institutional systematic control over what is a deeper spiritual issue is used by the devil to each year allow more demons to enter this man. I believe. So I read and studied this that that he has gotten worse and worse that as he goes into the tombs and the Luke account says he runs into the deserts, right? I believe he picks up demons from these different places. He basically, his body goes on tour like a tour bus and the demon friends invite others to take a ride as well. He becomes an instrument for them to wreak havoc. He's their weapon and tool to hurt him and the community. But the system and the garrisons like our own has selfish and ungodly motives to stay rich and relevant and safe and continue to treat this man like an animal, like a bother because what they are not strong or spiritually attuned to God enough to keep him safe. They are not confident or clairvoyant enough to know what to do and they shouldn't and can't because they're seeking like the Apostle Paul later teaches. They, our world, our governments, our families, our communities are seeking to fight with our human powers, spiritual powers that are more powerful than we are. That we try our best to manipulate empirical and social and economic and governmental structures to heal and help and mostly control human brokenness and spiritual forces behind and in them. And we are not only losing the battle and struggle, but those systems designed to take care of a spiritual problem can actually be used as demonically oppressive non-helps to the human fallen condition. So as I figure, and I see it, in the places that are well-developed countries like ours that have come up with pretty ingenious ways institutionally and systematically to cut off and cut out problem people and communities for their interest, that know how to use government and class and prejudice and racism to answer demonic drives for power and control and dominance have already become as advanced nations places where we are already living and running in shame and self-destruction just like this man at the tombs. We just accepted it as okay. I mean, look at us. We are living at a crazy Man of the tombs demonically possess inhuman, self-destructive pace and becoming more cut off from the community every day. We have become experts at binding and guarding what we can't understand and control and heal inside of us. And now we have a divided country as whole people groups have been institutionally chained and trapped in self-destructive and demeaning and harmful living. I don't know if you ever thought about it that maybe at the bottom of racism and classism and mistreatment and isolation of the poor and overworking to exhaustion and and building the less fortunate away from the resources and even having churches be the same way in their makeup, no diversity, cutting people out and off based on cultural and political bindings and chains at the bottom of all of that, just maybe thousands of demons and devils sitting pretty in our American system. Reason we don't see him running around is I believe it's easy for evil forces to be comfortable and calm in the United States just like we are. Comfortable, good in our neighborhoods. I thought about this. In the United States, I can only imagine that demons are sitting fat and happy and privileged and successful. And retired on their victory to dehumanize and quiet us from wanting God's best because we have been mollified and satisfied, and satisfaction and comfort can be a demonic institutional chain. And, and, and you know, what we call freedom actually is nothing more than being free, like this man, to run in shame, self destructive, and demeaning behavior, right? If we are already a system that takes our humanity and community away why not retire here if you're a demon why not live on the on the results why not live on your investment listen human beings are in bondage and possessed and oppressed all over the world by enemies. yes, yeah, sin. But working through that sin and then broken people, demonic forces combined with the institutional systematic oppression. But in this passage, we see that Jesus alone is stronger than our greatest enemies. And he shows that he, is, he has authority and power over spiritual darkness. Look what happens in verse 6. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs. Let us enter them. So he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs and the herd, and numbering about 2,000, wow, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. And Jesus' interaction with the demons in this man, we see that Jesus has authority and power over spiritual darkness, don't we? Now, let's go through this a little bit. The Bible says in verse 6 that when Jesus comes off the boat, that when this man and and the demon in him, legion in him, saw Jesus from afar, that he came to Jesus and ran and fell down before him. Right there, y'all. Don't miss that. The way the language works here, the Spirit is being summoned by the sheer authority of Jesus. It is almost like the spirit knows that it must, I I said must, carry itself through the body of this man and bow down to Jesus. They know that their king, their Lord, their authority, their judge has just shown up and they are in an automatic summons before the Lord Jesus. And they call him what? Jesus, son of the most high God. This is like saying, your honor, king of kings, my judge officer, yes, sir, what can I do, right? they know? They are in a court case, right? They already have an indictment against them. It's just a matter of time before Jesus, the prosecutor and judge. And when they say, we adjure you by God, they are trying to appeal to the will and timing of the Godhead, looking for mercy from the court, if you will, asking basically that it be the will of God. Not yet. Not hell yet. Because we know that is where we are headed. And we know that you are the one who will personally send and take us and then torment us down there. You guys, you know, I I had a professor teaching on hell in seminary. Yeah, we had that. Okay? And one thing that's always been in my mind, just because of cartoons. You know, you see, the picture I always had growing up because of cartoons. I, I don't know which cartoon it was. Um was the devil sitting on the throne of hell. Y'all know what I mean? And he got the pit fork, right? Right? That would mean he ruled somewhere. He ain't gonna rule nowhere. Do you know whose wrath is at work in hell? The Lord's. What? Yes. The torment these devils are afraid to face is not the torment of some Satan warden run hell no we're talking about a god size level torment by god the warden in hell himself his wrath hit self in hell what i want you to see here is that they recognize that jesus is their judge and king and so they ask not hell now don't torment us now. And then the Bible says that Jesus asked his name, and he was telling the spirit to, as he was telling the spirit to leave. Now, an ancient thought to demand the name of the spiritual being or idol of God was the same as saying, "Stand and state your name, so I can properly sentence you." I wondered that if he didn't call it, I always wondered, like. I'm always thinking through these things. These kind of passages make me think creatively, right? Sometimes too much. I wondered if he didn't call it by name whether all the demons of the world would have to answer, right? He's that powerful. He's being so specific about the ones in this man. And they know that Jesus has the right to put their name in the sentence, in the judgment, to name them to damnation damnation and torment. And we discovered that this man has a legion of demons, and they give Jesus the team name, right? Who are you? Not Cam Newton, right? The Panthers. You get what I'm saying? It's the team name. I thought about this as I was reading. Jesus can, with one word, cast out a thousand demons into hell by his authority. And they ask for leniency. And I've tried to understand why Jesus doesn't just destroy them. And I don't know. God doesn't tell us, right? It ain't in his purposes right then. But what we can see is that they really want to possess people and human beings. They want to stay around that region. They want to control the the economy. They want to control the society and be free to control through humans what God gave humans originally to have to subdue and rule and have relationships and have authority over the earth and control how much glory God gets or doesn't get. The pigs are a lower place to be than where they can have control over a human in the world. And the pigs are... I can only imagine, and I was reading a lot on this, and it, it, man, it's like all that stuff. It's like a black hole, man. You just go all kind of teaching on this stuff. It's almost like the pigs are like a holding cell for death row. They go into a a, a non-human existence, right? And then they go over the cliff, which means they go someplace they don't want to be. it's like they they are getting a stay of execution under house arrest until that day comes. And the pigs being killed to sit of this man is, is like one last less than satisfying hurrah before waiting hellfire torment by Jesus. But I hope you get the point from all of these tidbits in the story. Jesus, the Lord of Lords and King of Kings, has complete and total power and authority over all the spiritual enemies of humankind. Unlike how the demons controlled the man, Jesus controlled them. They couldn't do what they wanted, when they wanted, how they wanted, to who and what they wanted. Jesus had them on a leash, on a chain in his hand. He had them in hand under his powerful control in a way they couldn't, human beings couldn't under theirs but not just over the spiritual enemies, but we see Jesus' authority over the demonically oppressed institutional and systematic enemies to our humanity. I think what is obvious is that Jesus heals what the system made worse. He fixes what the community mess, kept messing up and making worse and being controlled by. He overcomes the incompetency and evil of the community. This is a little bit of sliver here of, 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 of something going on in the story. Jews weren't supposed to be raising pigs. They weren't supposed to be around unclean animals. That bacon must be good over there. This is Nisa's farm over here. The Smithfield. This is North Carolina, y'all. They were considered unclean, unholy animals. Can't get into why now, just go with me. Now they not, right? Like I got that shirt that says, Praise the Lord. You can eat pork. <laughs> because of Jesus. That's a different sermon. Why ribs on the menu? Jesus. Okay. <laughs> but understand. He's also putting an end to evil business and evil community gain at this man's expense. In the expense of their own humanity. The freedom of this person and region from demonic powers meant an aim and possibly to their failed sense of humanity, worth control, and systematic oppression and evil. Why would Jesus destroy someone else's pigs? Those ain't your pigs. Because the Bible teaching the pigs and the cattle and all the hillside and all the people are under his power and authority too. So all the demonic agenda and drive uh, and driven oppressive institutions have to obey and be down with his purposes as well. Look what happens here in verse 14. So after the demons go out and drown in the sea through the pigs, I mean the pigs drown, It says, the herdmen fled and told it in the city and in the country. And then people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there clothed in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. They are mad about the loss of those pigs. You can imagine, as a herdsman told the story, I mean, Jesus closed the sweatshops and child labor factories of the day, places of sexual harassment and dehumanizing behavior and underpaying, and and we like that. But spiritual evil is everywhere, y'all, right? So sometimes to beat oppressive systems... For this community, it was like he came in and destroyed it, and was a threat to, to destroy not just pig industry, but others. He destroyed their version of the stock market. Uh oh, right? He let the S and P crash. He let B of A and Wells Fargo leave Charlotte. He canceled all college football games on Saturday. Oh Lord. <laughs> he shut down the NFL on Sunday. He benched our starting quarterback with injuries. He made Amazon target and Walmart fold. He sent a natural disaster through or something in bringing his God purposes. But Luke emphasizes the fear of Jesus more than a loss of pigs, though. They're afraid of him. They're afraid because they know he is their judge. Maybe for her and unclean animals, they know that his are is and justice, so everyone is probably thinking about their lives and what they have done and see themselves more like those pigs going off the cliff. They are afraid because like those pigs, their lives are unclean too. He has proven he is Lord with authority over demons and sinfulness, and they fear that. They don't like it. This is another point I thought about. Maybe they are afraid because how they treated this man and isolating him and chaining him. And Luke, it said he was under guard. A man that now can tell all that was done to him to a lord or a powerful magician, as the herdsman called him, who obviously likes this man now. Maybe they're afraid he will take them out for the unjust treatment of this man, the incompetent way they dealt with him. And maybe his demon possession, was res- maybe his demon possession, all I always thought was a result of him taking all the demons due to them by keeping him out there, right? By putting him out away from them, he was more and more infected. Jesus comes to bring his glory and redemption in this world. And He is cleaning and clearing it out for the pathway of his purposes. And if anything is in the way of that or can be used for his purposes, all people and all things, like these, these, these pigs are at his disposal, all these things are at his disposal and use and control. And it is scary to have that kind of divine sovereign power around. When like these townspeople, you are not sure whether you are on his side or he is on yours. I told y'all a story before when I was in Baltimore, pastoring there, had a member in our church, a deacon. He had a giant Akita. That's a dog, y'all. A Japanese dog, Japanese Akita. He always bragged about this dog thing was monstrous. So we were going fishing. So I came in. He was like, "Um, Pastor Brown, um, come on in. I'm going to let you meet Nico. I think that was the name of the dog. I'm going to go get our stuff. You need to just sit still on the couch. (laughs) Nico's not going to leave the room while you're here. Here's some rules. While I go get our stuff to go fishing, sit still. Don't walk around. Don't bother the baby because they had a little baby. And by all means, do not call her name. If you call her name, she will attack you. She doesn't want to be dominated in her house. I didn't want to go fishing. It was a pain every time you go to that house, right? Sit still and be calm. No, man, put your dog up, man. The only ones who were free around that dog, would have li- believe it or not, ironically, the little baby, little toddler pulling the dog's tail, knocking it in the face, laying on the dog's bed. That was the only one and his wife who would yell and punch the dog in the face, right? But if you were just a nice pastor coming by, oh my gosh, you couldn't call a dog name. You couldn't say hello. You couldn't reach the pet In C.S. Lewis' Narnia series, Jesus is not an Akita. He's allegorized as a line Aslan, who hanging out with children lets them know that he has swallowed whole kingdoms, much less biting you. It's nervy when there's someone in your midst who has all power and control. They're afraid of Christ. But this is, this once demon-possessed man gets it, that Jesus did not come to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved and freed through him. Look at verse 15. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had the legion sitting there clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from that region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him, and he did not permit him, but he said, go home to your friends and tell how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled you know what being in his right mind and clothed means that the outside simply reflected what had happened on the inside he has been freed from spiritual possession and oppression because demons and a broken heart has gone out and he has been filled with the spirit and love of god and now he is free to pursue what it means to be human the way god intended he's finally free to love and free to be loved now, this man was anything but a human when he was possessed. He'd become lower than a man should. He was living lower than and outside of what God had created and called him to be. And sin and Satan, all the demons wanted to take his freedom to love and no love in this world. The demonic possession and oppression led him to not be able to love or know love from others, unable to experience the fullness and engagement and enjoyment of this world. He was trapped and held in spiritual bondage and oppression to shame and self-loathing and hate and fear and isolation. I Think about the way pornography and the pornography industry has done some of us. Heck, I think about the whole entertainment industry. Think about our social medias, media. Think about our political systems. The way oppression and prejudice in our history of institutional madness and mess in this country has messed with our mind in, in really evil and demonic ways. I can't help but think how these have spiritual hold on us, on our humanity, and how they have taken possession of our way of thinking about and treating ourselves and others' minds and bodies of shame, you, your fear and brokenness and the way you know how you're letting and seeing yourself be treated less than. Jesus comes to free you from spiritual wickedness in dark and deep hidden places so that you and I can be like this man restored to right relation with God that, that now meant that he could love his family and his community and love himself and his world. And now Jesus, as his Lord. He could be human again. And out of his newfound love for Jesus, he wants to be with Jesus, the Bible says, to leave and go with and follow him away from his town, but now able to love and properly engage his world and community and family as a human being made whole by the power of Jesus. Jesus tells him to go back home and live out and talk about what? Not just his love for them and love for Jesus, But talk about Jesus' love for him. Look at what Jesus says and tells him is at the root of his humanity and the power against all the evil forces of possession and oppression he could ever face and anyone whom he seeks to love and engage will ever face. Do you see it here? He says, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Do you see it? Tell about God's mercy for you. Talk about God's unmerited loving kindness expressed in how Jesus delivered you from possession and oppression. And why did Jesus do it? Jesus came across the sea, y'all, to share and show God's love for this man so he could experience and know God's life transforming love. This was not about Jesus beating demons. Demons that he already was Lord and judge over? No, this is about God coming as in sending Jesus into a world filled with demons and powers to show and let us know that his children, his people who are possessed and oppressed in this world by dehumanizing and marginalizing and depressing demonic power are important to him, are simply valued and loved by him. And as objects of his loving kindness, totally undeserved, on the cross, naked and shamed. Do you understand Jesus became like this man of the tombs? And he allowed our sins and a world's evil that could possess and possess, possess and oppress us, torment him with hellish fury. But the Bible teaches in hell that Jesus triumphed over Satan, over demons and sin. And when he rose like this man from the tombs on the third day, he rose not just with power over spiritual darkness and oppression for himself, but he rose so you and I could triumph over spiritual darkness ourselves through him. I heard one pastor say, I don't care what's waiting for you outside those doors or what's going on inside of you, 10,000 devils could not, will not, and have not stopped you from getting to know the mercy of God. In fact, the apostle says this in the Bible, I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic today or tomorrow, high or low, Thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can come between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us and overpowered it. Which means this, that Jesus will introduce all the power and authority over evil forces, no matter how many, no matter how deep. No matter how dark, no matter how long you've lived with them and they've lived in you, no matter how powerful, historic the, the demonic institutional system is, he uses all power to free us, to make us whole, just because he loves us and wants us to be human as he made us to be. To be free to love him and others in the way God called us to be, and no man, no demon, no force can, as the Bible teaches, separate us from that love and clothe in your right mind, knowing how to live in love because you know and have been loved by a powerful Lord, King and Savior, Jesus Are all-powerful and loving Lord. Amen. Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We live in a world filled with all this mess, but we got you. Lord, I don't know what kind of spiritual darkness people may may have been involved in or involved in here. Lord, we look around our world, it's a mess. We can tell that demons and devils and sin has had its way. Deliver us thousands upon thousands of evil forces around us. But one Lord, one Savior, one hope, cast them all out. Lord, I pray that you would clothe us with the security of your love. That we need not fear you, but know we're part of the family. And your power and your love is not there to condemn us, but save us. Help us, Lord, for those of us who don't know you. We have every reason to believe we're unprotected in this world right now. Come, cross our own sea, Lord. Cross into our world where we're held bondage. All sorts of things in our minds and in our bodies driving us to do shameful things and think shameful things about ourselves. Help us, Lord. Bring your power and your love into our lives, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.